0: Hello Waterloo Road fans, I'm just popping in as ever before the podcast gets going to tell you about our Patreon page. Patreon is, as I'm sure you know by now, a subscription service where you can get extra content from creators such as us. In our case, we give you extra podcasts looking back at particular characters from Waterloo Road, giving out awards to the best and worst of the show. Our second part of the Series 4 awards went up this week. We also look back at other school-based shows including Britannia High and you also get extended versions of all of our cast member interviews of which there is a new one coming very, very soon. I would like to give a shout out to our existing Patreons. So thank you to Rachel, a dedicated listener to every episode. Thank you to Evan Francis, to Tom Percival, to Georgia Leah, aka The Avocado Bath on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Emily Berry, Thank you to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Dylan Gover, who is at Dylan S. Gover, G-O-V-E-R, on TikTok. Thank you to Matthew Kumar, and thank you to Claudia Graham. Your continued support is much appreciated. And if you would like a shout out on the podcast and to get hold of that extra Patreon content, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. And before we get going this week, I would like to thank all of you who are new listeners, returning listeners, after the Waterloo Road announcement last week. We have had our best week ever for downloads of the podcast, um, our new episode on Friday, and also our emergency podcast, speculating about the future of the show. It's a very exciting time to be a Waterloo Road fan and to be recording a podcast about Waterloo Road. Um, So thank you for your support. And uh, I hope you continue to listen and continue to enjoy our discussions of this mad show. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your host and quite buoyant Waterloo Road superfan Tom Beasley, joined as always by Luke Stevenson who, from his facial expression, I don't think is as into these final two episodes of the Half Series as I am.
1: No. And do you know what else happened? I thought, again, I keep doing this, I keep deluding myself into thinking we're halfway through. We're nowhere near halfway through. <laughs> Those two short series at the start really do me in. Because I'm like, this must be halfway through now. But no, this is episode 70. No, 69. <laughs> of, we've, of got so much, we've got
0: so much further to go. Plus, of course, the uh, short-lived web series Waterloo Road United, which we'll have to get to at some point.
1: It's a what? Is that about a football
0: team? No, sorry. It's Waterloo Road Reunited.
1: Oh, I don't like that And either. it's like...
0: So it's, it's when the current crop of, like, speaking character kids, so it's like Alicia, Danielle, Bolton, Philip, when they yeah. all leave, they did, like, a little um, web series where they caught with them. I think it's only six or seven episodes. What, with the, what, with the characters? Yes.
1: Okay. I, I hate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I can't remember it that much. I imagine it in my head now as, like, when Glee did the New York stuff after they all graduated. <laughs>
1: I never mean, got to the end of series two of Glee.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I watched I, mean, the first I say really, series, huh? I say really like there was brilliant stuff after that. <laughs> there wasn't.
1: It's <laughs> a show that very much peaked early. But what I will say about this episode and the next one is there is some capital A acting happening in these episodes. And I think some, you know, and this is this is intentional. some capital R writing happening in these episodes <laughs> what you very much have the vibe that they realize they'd only contracted the actor who plays Max for ten episodes and then they bloody panic and just go right, we need to rush this arc out as fast as humanly possible, and then he just goes straight off of the deep end.
0: You know what? I
1: loved it, no. I loved it. I didn't care enough. <laughs> it was just so silly. It's just when he just starts yelling "vermin" at a child in the school corridors. So good, so good. Um, yes,
0: we've kind of alluded to this off cam- off camp, off camera. He says like we filmed these. Um, <laughs> uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a difficult one for us to discuss because half of the episode is really silly and half of it is incredibly serious.
1: Yeah, and as you know we're, we're not the most confident at Straddling these issues We try our no. best But it, it, it's a choppy area for us So I suppose, this is, why by, don't I suppose we...
0: this is by way of an apology
1: <laughs> Why don't we now just agree That the serious stuff in this episode Was handled quite well Apart from Michaela's weird mention of girl gangs yeah. other, other than that That was all handled quite well Lindsay, Lindsay mm-hmm. I've come to tie a knot on a
0: storyline <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I know you just admitted To killing your father in anger After years of sexual abuse But I need to tell you We're not doing girl gangs at school anymore That's done Yeah, yeah
0: we're bringing an end exactly. to Braveheart so, in the playground
1: Now that we've agreed That that half of the show episode is really good Let's just not talk about it anymore <laughs> And let's just talk about all the silly stuff Don't think that's an option I don't think the format of the podcast will allow that uh, I don't know Some, some good editing, might.
0: Well, you've only got me, so that's that's a problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the episode begins. It's the day of Lindsay's trial. Um, Emily is at school. She's very uh, hopeful. She keeps making references to her mom being out today. Um, Lindsay, who is, of course, going to the trial to give evidence, um, is more cautious about the whole thing. Uh, she's very concerned about having to talk publicly about what happened to her uh, and, and whether that will be enough uh, to, to clear her mom's name. So that's all very serious. Meanwhile, Max wakes up in his car outside Kim's.
1: Why? How would he get there? What did he do? <laughs> It's so weird. And then he just kind of gives us overwhelming levels of housewife presumption when Kim discovers him. And he's just like, right, can we discuss this after inside? I'm famished. I want some breakfast and to have a shower. And it's just like, what? <laughs> you yeah. just to turn up and say these things. It is like one step forward from making me a sandwich, isn't it? It's really <laughs> like... So, yeah, what-, Look, what he says... I've had enough of your belly aching.
0: So what he says is he's moved out of the the family home. He's told uh, Jennifer that that it's over and and he's moved out. And now he's living in his car, which is parked outside Kim's. Um, Max seems to think that this will send Kim flying into his arms. um, But she's not as immediately sure and about being excited about this as he is.
1: Historically, sleeping outside of women's homes when they don't invite me to hasn't worked out well for me romantically. No. I can't, I can't say how it will work in the future, but historically it hasn't worked. But after this,
0: you've been emboldened to give it a go.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Lord loves a trier. <laughs> um, so uh,
0: Michaela, bafflingly, has decided she wants to go to Lindsay's trier and sit in the public gallery because it will be great fun and they get to hear all of the drama.
1: I... I don't follow what happens to Michaela in this episode at all. Let's just leave it at that. No,
0: but I, but I, I kind of don't mind where it gets, so it's okay. Um, so the, the other kind of thing that's going on in this episode is that uh, Joe has been nominated for this Outstanding Teacher Award. Um, Chris and Rachel are talking about it, and then Max does a big speech to the staff room about how great it is. Uh, we find out very quickly that uh, Steph has encouraged Alicia and Danielle to nominate her for the award as a sort of thank you for all of the work Joe has done to help
1: improve her teaching. See, this is why I don't have many notes. Totally block that storyline out. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it is, it is the
0: C storyline in an episode where a lot it, is happening.
1: <laughs> it, it is absolutely, but it's also just like they said this. Now I'm going to m- manipulate that slightly so that it sounds like they said this and they said this and this said this, this. And honestly, I just didn't follow it. <laughs> At all, I just wasn't. I wasn't keeping up with it. You missed one one of the more gently funny moments of the show, which wasn't intentional. But Kim kicks Max back when they're going into the staff room to say, yes. "I don't want to walk in together because everyone would gossip." And you know what Steph's like straight away. So they walk in separately. Kim walks over to Steph and then she goes, "Oi, Steph! He left his wife and slept outside my house tonight." <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, we get um. Steph like warns
0: Kim to to like be careful, and then she like gives Max a talking to, saying, "Look after her."
1: And the, I think we're supposed to believe that that little talking to is what informs Max's behaviour throughout the rest are, of the episode. We are supposed to think that, yes. <laughs> Which is insanity. He thinks we, the we, giant- we are definitely
0: <laughs> supposed to think that. <laughs>
1: The jibes of a promiscuous French teacher Who has no power over him Prompts this most overwhelming Just display of Toxicity and power wielding It's just like oh no She must be gone because of this information That everyone in the school will soon know Because I'm living with Kim The jibes
0: of a promiscuous French teacher definitely sounds like A New York Times column that would get a TV series
1: Oh it does doesn't it (laughs) Sex, that's a Sex and the City spin-off thing to happen. Yeah, definitely. It's somewhere between Sex and the City and Emily in Paris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Marion Cotillard in Jives <laughs> of a Periscus <Riskless> French Teacher. <laughs> it would be good. I mean, so I was fascinated in this scene by Chris because Chris is not dressed like a teacher coming to teach at a school. He's wearing a sort of like casual like polo shirt, like he's like a dad on holiday in Benadol. It's really odd.
1: Chris's looks always confuse me because they just seem to be some variation of of Eddie. He is just younger Eddie, isn't he? And it's upsetting.
0: Yeah, I I found it very strange. Um, So I was struck by how nice the court building in Manchester is. Lovely court building.
1: Very posh. Yeah, very posh, and let's not make any southern jokes about it, shall we? <laughs> I've
0: I, I, I've been to crown courts, and none of them I've been to look like that.
1: <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose it's it's one of those things where they they've got like a balance between the old traditional ones yeah. that are not that are nice enough to to keep open, but because they're old, they're covered and they're dank and they're a little bit. Miserable, but they have that old aesthetic to it And then you have the other places where they got so old And miserable they had to do something else Now you've got this big nice posh one
0: I should stress, I was there as a reporter I don't, I don't have a criminal <laughs> past or anything I've been hiding from the listeners
1: <laughs> I just, I, I, really need to see who's the script editor For these shows, because they're not doing their job properly The lawyer come, comes up to Lindsay And goes, you're nice and early We'll be starting soon no, Not both <laughs> of those are true Both of those aren't true who wrote this? And like, I I have lots
0: of questions about the the running order of this trial.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's whatever suits the plot in it? <laughs> it, it, it. It like because it, it,
0: it alternates so much between who's which barrister questions first. Because it's the, it's day one of a murder trial. It's unlikely any witness will be called on day one of a murder trial. You got. Half the day for jury selection. That'll get you to lunchtime. Easy.
1: Mm-hmm. And then... The pro- well, we don't know. Maybe, maybe Lindsay's... Appear- it's just Lindsay's appearance. Maybe Lindsay's appearing on day three or four or whatever. Okay, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But then it's not, you know, pick a card, any card, between the prosecution and the defence. No, exactly. <laughs> like,
0: some, some witnesses will be part of the prosecution case. Some will be part of the defence case. <laughs> It's all in the wrong order, and it upset me.
1: <laughs> what upset me was the fact that Michaela and Roz were able to get there because the security at this school only applies to one door, doesn't it? They make a big <laughs> solemn end <laughs> about having you know metal detectors on and security guards, but only on one door of the building. So these two girls are just have to walk off of the premises and into central Manchester. Well, they used to keep the them chained
0: up, Luke, but health and safety.
1: <laughs> Bloody Labour government.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had. Yeah, I found the, the makeup of the trial very... It, so it's the final day of the trial. <laughs> You're not going to be hearing witnesses on the last day of a murder trial... It's closing statements. It's closing arguments, and then the jury will be out for most of the day. <laughs> yeah.
1: If the glove doesn't fit, <laughs> you must acquit. That's what the last day of a trial is. <laughs> oh, Not me defending OJ Simpson. Who is I was going to say, I don't cat. know if that's a
0: reference that has much crossover with people who listen to Waterloo Road podcasts.
1: I don't know. It was the feature of an Oscar-winning documentary and one of the most decorated TV shows of the past decade. I feel like people will know. I know, but there's there's a, there's a gap between
0: that level of peak prestige art and Waterloo Road. Is there not? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I hesitate to go on and on about the trial. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then, well, we'll, have, we'll have a nice little seg- segue to an ex- inexplicable scene in um, Steph's class where mm-hmm. she goes over to see if Emily's okay, and Denzel just says, She's a bit worried, miss, because of the trial. And her sister is speaking at the trial because they think her mum murdered her dad. It's like, yes, Denzel, we know. We're 15 minutes into the episode and we're nine episodes into the series. And that's the whole scene. I don't know what that scene was for. (laughs) They underwrote some of this episode, I'm telling you, because there were a few scenes (laughs) where it just happens and it's just like... uh, Unless Denzel had a really, really well-negotiated contract that guaranteed him lines in every episode... (laughs)
0: Um, yeah so the, the the jury's being shown images of the dad's injuries because there's a medical expert giving evidence he would have been part of the prosecution case He would have been one of the first witnesses they called at the beginning of the trial so I don't know what's happening don't know what's happening um so uh, Max has sent Kim some flowers to her classroom um despite the fact that the note very clearly says who they're from And Kim wants to keep it secret. She just leaves it in the classroom among the teenagers. Oh, yeah. None of
1: these teenagers are going to be interested in this.
0: No. Um, So Sam Kelly looks at the note, uh, finds out that it's Max that she's with. It's honestly, it's incredible to me that there's not more fallout from Sam Kelly finding this information. No, it's very hard. Remember when when they found out that Matt Wilding was with Colin and it was around the whole school by an hour?
1: Yeah, but that's, homo- that's, you know, latent homophobia, isn't it? If, if, if at my
0: school, two of the senior leadership teachers had got together, everyone would know almost instantly. Yeah.
1: But maybe all of the people just went, I doesn't feel like the Kim we knew four years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe we just don't maybe. believe it. <laughs> maybe they don't. Um, like, no, she, doesn't, she doesn't give off Treneman for this guy. <laughs>
0: Um, so uh, Steph has been summoned to Max's office um, He says, oh, with Joe getting this award It's illuminated the weak links in the uh, modern foreign languages department And you're a weak link And so we have to, you know, put your ideas up Lindsay's mum, uh, Marion, has finished giving her evidence um, She, you know, tells the story that Lindsay had disclosed to her the abuse And she got the kids out of the house And then picked up the knife and must have snapped, etc. Um, And then they go to get Lindsay to bring her in to give her evidence. And then there's a great, great bit of acting from Eva Pope as Rachel when she moves into the public gallery and sees that Michaela and Roz are there. And her reaction
1: is is wonderful. (laughs) But it's all just very, like, you don't Rachel, you don't look and disapprove. You walk over and you kick them out. They're children (laughs) at your school playing true. You don't just go... (gasps) Oh, you little devils. Yeah, right, she you sit to, there. She doesn't want to make a scene at the murder trial. <laughs> I mean, the whole event is a scene. Come on, it's a murder trial. <laughs> it, I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, if there's a place to make a scene and get away with it, it's a murder trial. Because it has to be
0: one.
1: Hell, it, is. it has to be one hell of a scene to get remembered after the fact.
0: No, but like. Uh, they're, they're not raucous environments. These trials—they tend to be very somber and subdued affairs.
1: Yeah, I'm still But people aren't like people are going to remember the verdict at the end of the day. They aren't going to remember all oh, and that. Her teacher kicked out two <laughs> schoolgirls <laughs> who shouldn't have been there. Oh yeah, <laughs> who was guilty again? Well, I'll never know. Um, So Steph goes to speak to Kim, wants Kim
0: to go and have a word with Max and use her feminine wiles to get Steph out of trouble or something. So Kim does go and talk to Max, but he's sort of sliming about with the Steph thing. Max is very controlling towards Kim in the early half of this episode. His level of confidence is quite incredible. Somehow he's managed to turn up homeless at her home. And suddenly he's like the controlling... One with the power in the relationship.
1: I if, if it wasn't so terrifying, you'd almost respect it, wouldn't you? <laughs> but it the is terrifying is, and awful. <laughs> the ability to turn around your circumstances through just sheer willpower.
0: Um, uh, so we then got a scene which initially filled me with hope. And then when it actually happened, it filled me with dread. So Rose arranges to have like a coffee or, or something with Tom and have a conversation with him. And I was like, oh, uh, Rose, a storyline? Some dialogue? Yes, Tom. That isn't just <laughs> blindly supportive of Tom.
1: I wrote down it's time for Rose's line, <laughs> which wait. You know, because I have Love Island on the brain. On the brain amounts to. Should we have a chat later? Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, love chat. but her
0: line foreshadowed her getting subsequent lines in a different scene. <laughs> oh, spicy! I know more than Davina got. What well, she got an established relationship with Tom. <laughs>
1: I don't know, she got to accuse Rob of, of things. Yes. Um,
0: so uh, Lindsay has started to give her evidence. Um, sh- she's not kind of overly convincing. Even the defence barrister who's supposed to be on her side is giving her a bit of a tough ride, which was strange, considering that in my experience, when you're guiding a witness through the testimony you already know they're going to give, you basically just say, and then what happened? And then what happened? And then what happened over and over again? Whereas it seemed like her own... Like, the defence barrister was trying to trip her up.
1: And I was like, if I go hard on you, they'll know we're not in it together. So no, we're supposed to be in it together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was all yeah, very no. odd. I, um, I have a few then... notes from this episode about the court, which is basically, imagine doing what that person does for a living. Imagine being that prosecutor. But that's that's what their job is. <laughs> I, I know it's what their job is. And, yeah. <laughs> and if... If she was a serial killer who was eating children, yeah. I'd, I'd back the prosecutor. But in this <laughs> circumstance, I don't. And it just feels uncomfortable. Their job is to get people convicted for crimes they've done. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, the prosecutor's pushing Lindsay on the time frame. Uh, she's saying that uh, she woke up at half seven and... Um, but the time of death is at, like, 7.45, so it's very close to the time of death, and the suggestion is that she uh, was there at the time of the murder. Um, And then the mum starts yelling across the courtroom, going, stop being so mean to her! And Lindsay's yelling, and she runs out, and it's all very dramatic.
1: And, again... That's why Rachel shouldn't have worried about causing a scene an hour yeah, earlier. To be
0: honest, at this point,
1: it's this been quite a good
0: time to cause a little scene in the public gallery. while there's a yeah. big scene happening <laughs> in the courtroom. Um, so Max is now uh, in a meeting with Joe, he implies to Joe that Steph has kind of been saying jealous things about her behind her back. Um, says, you know, it's time to get rid of her. Joe points out how much Steph has tried to improve but he's kind of sliming and manipulating. And then you might be able to play this scene up because I was very confused by it. Max sort of goes to Steph's classroom, has a little wander around. Does anything come of that?
1: No, it's just filler.
0: No, it's because <laughs> he doesn't. I thought he's either going to find something or plant something, and neither of those things happens.
1: He just walks in, shakes a drawer, and leaves. It's kind <laughs> of like you know when you're hungry, but you don't know what you want, and you just walk into the kitchen, you'll open a cupboard, go, no, yeah. like you go for a look it in leave. the fridge.
0: Like, oh, I'm just going for a look in the fridge.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just want to see what's about. It has anything? Yeah. Has anything emerged since the last time I looked in here? Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. Yeah, very strange. I'm I'm glad that I didn't miss anything. (laughs) That was just a nothing scene. Um, So Philip is, quote-unquote, rehearsing his comedy in the common room. He does a very passable impression of
1: Like His his impression of Grantley ain't at all bad.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, And then he starts doing a not very good impression of Steph. Um, And Max sort of catches the end of the set. And then like enlists him as a sort of spy to target Steph. He's not keen, but then Max kind of grabs him and pushes
1: him against a, a filing cabinet. In this point, Max says to Philip, does your entire family lack ambition? How does that apply here? What is he, what is he offering Philip in this situation? He's <laughs> is that, is that, like, <laughs> offering him a step on the ladder. A seat by his side when he runs the world. He's just like, I want you to grass on Steph. I don't want to do that. Pushing. Do you all lack ambition? It's only after that that he then threatens to fire his aunt. Like, that line, just who edits this? (laughs) There should be a glaring note on there which goes, what does this mean? (laughs) Back to the murder trial. So they're having
0: a little, like, because obviously Lindsay's come out, so it's kind of brought things to a halt. Um, The dad's sister, Lindsay's aunt, um, goes and says horrible things about Lindsay in front of Rachel, you're that head teacher aren't you you're helping her lie about my th- brother etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and then we get Michaela and Roz who are uh, kind of who are burst into tears and are so upset that, about what they've heard Lindsay disclose um, and they realise that the fact they've come as a kind of bit of a gag is a terrible thing
1: yeah I don't have much to say about it. I kind of feel like it's all fine <laughs> You got it, it. Kind of, it quite well illustrates, you know, the the high emotions and fraughtness mm. of, a, of a trial of this nature. Um, and with Michaela yeah. and Ross as well, I still find the idea that them being there is quite silly. And it's it's an extreme way to have Michaela see the world from Lindsay's point of view, isn't it?
0: It really is. It's,
1: <laughs> like, it's like I really hated that girl, and then I saw her cry on the stand while telling us how her dad abused her for eight years. Now I think she's all right.
0: I suppose it's, it's, it's Waterloo Road doing one of their like grand rehabilitations of a baddie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is that this is how Michaela has her like come to Jesus moment where she realises that she'd been a bad person. Uh, Sambuka Kelly is in the corridors. Her and uh, Lauren are like joking about Max and Kim being together. Max hears her and then just lays into not just her, but her family, calls them a feral family, calls them vermin says that if she crosses him, her whole family will suffer.
1: Even, like, the actor who is saying this doesn't believe it anymore. In this scene, he's just saying words. and yeah, he? he
0: gives it. He gives it some.
1: He's giving it, but you can tell behind the eyes. He's like, how did I get to here? No, like, I love it. Because five, I mean... five, five episodes ago, I was, you know, I was out of touch and a hard ass, but all in all... I was making a bit of progress and maybe I've seen the world from a different perspective. Now I'm just calling a child and a family gutter children. It's also, it's kind of like unfounded at this point
0: because Sam and Denzel are the only ones who are at the school and they're by all accounts, basically good students. And then Rose is, you know, runs the cafeteria franchise. Like,
1: Yeah, but I suppose he knows, he knows the history, doesn't he?
0: I of, mean, he's so, Kellys.
1: Uh, it's it's amazing what the show chooses people to remember and not remember as we find out in the next episode where he just starts dropping references to Rachel's past (laughs) Um,
0: so uh, Rachel tracks down Lindsay Um, Lindsay's upset and worried that she's going to let her mum down and let Emily down Um, and Rachel says all you you can do and all you should do is tell the truth Uh, but Lindsay confesses
1: that she hasn't been telling the truth it takes Rachel so long to get there It's kind of just like, I haven't told the truth. What do you mean? I, my mum didn't kill my dad. Okay, what does that mean? I was in the room where he was killed. Lindsay, I don't understand what you're saying here. (laughs) It's just like that for like 20 minutes.
0: Yes, but it's, in like a drama, we, we know that it's going to be the dramatic thing. But I don't think Rachel, as a, as a, if we assume she's a character existing in some semblance of a real world... I think she is going to want to hear the kids say that before she goes, yeah. oh, I assume that you've murdered your dad.
1: Yeah, but you just go and she goes, well, I haven't been telling the truth. And goes, what do you mean? Did you have something to do with it? Like, you know, Rachel's just kind of, it, Rachel does what the defence lawyer should be doing and goes, and then what happened? And what does this <laughs> yes. mean? What does yes. this mean?
0: Yes. Uh, but Lindsay does eventually reveal that it was her who, uh, who killed her dad. I think it's a beautifully played scene between Eva Pope and and Jenna Coleman. I think it's actually, especially after the kind of histrionics in the courtroom we saw, which were a bit ridiculous, I think it's nice how quietly played it is as a scene. I think it really, uh, you really feel the gravity of what's being admitted to. And um, I think the two performances really help that.
1: Yeah, definitely. In in a loud show, it's a quiet moment. Mm. Again, where where is this courthouse? Because in the background, it has the most picturesque sights of Manchester. And it's like it's like 30 stories up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's like a skyscraper court. It's very, very bizarre. Uh, one one would suggest maybe it was filmed in a different building.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. The, lo- the location scouts weren't working in tandem, were they? <laughs> So here's what we got. For the courthouse because so Yes, courthouses I remember traditionally are thirty stories high. So <laughs> look, they wanted the dramatic skyline, and who can blame them? Yeah, nothing is more dramatic than the Manchester skyline. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back at the school,
0: um, see, I've definitely got Love Island on the brain because I've written Joe, Paul, Steph for a chat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> look, I just, I just want to see where your head's at. Um <laughs> how are you thinking? And then somehow Hugo friend zones them both. <laughs> so, so this scene,
0: for some reason, M Lindsay's sister is in the staff room with Chris in his like Benadom shirt.
1: Yeah, Chris is now taking <laughs> despite the fact that Lindsay was in her own class this morning, Chris is now just walking her classroom to classroom. It's and take her to the staff
0: room for what I, you can assume is like lunchtime. Um, so while all this is going on, Joe pulls Steph for a chat. They have a big row. Steph calls her a backstabbing Judas. Um, and obviously, Em's hearing all of this. And everyone's trying to tell them to stop arguing because
1: there's a student in the room. <laughs> Do you feel like once you've called someone a backstabber, you need to use the word Judas? It kind of feels like... It... <laughs> yeah, it's a tautology, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, kind of, it, it feels like... You can use one word, but not both. <laughs> like, one what, what implies the other.
0: Yes, I, I think so. Um, so Steph is then angry at Kim because Kim was supposed to sort it out. And um, so uh, Sam has obviously gone to talk to her mum about the fact that the executive head of the school called her the entire family vermin. Um, Rose is very upset about this, understandably, uh, but... Tom is very evasive about the prospects of getting involved. Um, b- presumably, given his own track record of insulting this particular family.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, compared to what Tom's done to his family in the past, what Max has done is quite light. But
0: it, it just—it's it, so strange because then we get the scene where Tom goes to Max, um, and this is not the Tom Clarkson of old. Who would have no, just gone in and punched him in the face?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of my questions about all of this. Is just like where Tom's like utter cowardice comes from. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like it doesn't feel like we've had enough interactions between Tom and Max. Like no, we're supposed exactly. to know we're supposed to know Max on reputation. He's not the person you go and speak to about this. But yeah. for Tom, who we've known for four years to be afraid of Max, it feels a little bit odd. And it's just, it works, he walks in, he just brings up the sentence and Max immediately is able to weaponize his job against him. And it's like, it's it's quite a good insight into how Max is able to wield so much control. But in terms of like, it throws Tom's character out of the window to do it. Yeah, it just feels like we've missed a step
0: in that that story. As to why Tom would be so like uh, reluctant to, to kind of wade in. But we do get some delicious uh, evil Max acting where Tom, Tom goes in and says, oh, I've been speaking to Rose about this. And he just goes, the dinner lady.
1: <laughs> it's oh, oh, the dismissiveness. Oh, it's so Tory, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> so uncomfortably Tory.
0: He's <laughs> the sort of person that, like, Andrew Treneman would have had to, like, awkwardly be friends with at uni because they were in the posh group.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, He's like, he's a bit too full on for me. Yeah. He, like, sometimes he snips, he slips out of the dorms and goes to these meetings, and <laughs> apparently, those meetings aren't great.
0: No. <laughs> Um, uh, back with with Lindsay, we get a really lovely line between Lindsay and Rachel. Uh, Lindsay's really upset that she's like at the the way it's going, that her mom's going to go to prison and take the blame for this. And she asks Rachel what she should do, and she says, I, wait, "I've
1: got it." No, Rachel says, "If you both say you did it, you <laughs> both get off." <laughs> what I was going to say was that Lindsay says <laughs> to Rachel.
0: Um, please tell me what to do you know everything and it's a really nice moment of that dynamic where a kid who's at their most vulnerable goes to the teacher thinking that teachers have infinite wisdom on everything and it's a really kind of nice moment of of the contrast between Lindsay having to realize that actually sometimes the adults don't have all the answers immediately some things are too complicated too messy and too much of a a difficulty for anyone to have an easy answer, which I think is really nice.
1: No, I, I, there's a lot of times throughout this episode. I just kept thinking, at some point, someone's going to tell Rachel she's too involved in this, right? We well, see, like this is all right, Max. <laughs> the, head, the head teacher of the school is currently the number one caregiver to this child. It's a little bit <laughs> off, isn't it? No, I think I think she's doing her job. Mm, okay,
0: and doing it well. Um. So yeah, we get we get all the, the Mac stuff. Um, so Lindsay's evidence now happens and, and she recounts how uh, the thing that sort of triggered it all was that her dad had arranged for her and her mum to go on a shopping trip and she realised that he wanted to get Emily on her own. Um, and then there's a really kind of, uh, really like loathsome moment where she says that her dad told her if she had been nicer to him, he wouldn't need Em. Um, all very grim. She confesses, I killed him. I'm glad he deserved it. Um, and then there's a, because it's this show, they like to undercut the really good work they've done by then doing a ridiculous scene where she tries to run to her mum in the dock and she's dragged away. And it's all very shouty and histrionic-y. Um, so uh, Max and Steph are having another meeting. Max says that uh, Joe has made an official complaint after the argument they had earlier. Um, Steph said, also, you're, you're firing me. Um, he says, no, I'm suspending you, and then I'll fire you.
1: Sounds um, kind of the same. It is, it, is, it is the same in practice. I don't like Max. He's manipulated the situation here. But Steph has been due a firing for a good five <laughs> years. Like he's
0: not the first to try. Let's
1: face it. <laughs> and just the one who came the closest. And then suddenly Rachel's just like, we, like. I feel like when Rachel gets back at the end of the day, she'd be like, no, not Joe. Not Joe. Not Joe's gone. And Steph, too. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but not Joe. Not
0: our <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um, so uh, Alicia and Danielle um, see Steph packing um, and Steph says, oh, be careful who you're nice too. No good deed goes unpunished. Ask Miss Lipsit if you want to know what's going on. Um, which leads to a bizarre scene <laughs> where uh, Joe walks into her classroom and Alicia and Danielle have led the whole class in showing their backs to <laughs> Miss Lipsit so that it will make us make it easier when you stab us in them
1: alicia and danielle do still like the one consistency is their characters is they have a fine a fine appetite for human rights violations and and a particular form of protest don't they they now have to yeah, make the protest a bit of work. direct
0: action they really do yeah
1: <laughs> yeah you know at some point they thought right can we get a tank and can i stand in front of it so i know we don't <laughs> we don't have the time <laughs> for the tank
0: <laughs> all this is going on. Uh, the trial has finished. Lindsay's been taken to a police car, and then we get the scene where Michaela rushes up to her, apologizes for everything, goes, "The girl gang stuff is over," because we we're all—I think—of everything that was going on in this episode, we were on ten to hooks about the future of the girl gangs. We we're like, oh, with Lindsay gone, that's a power vacuum.
1: <laughs> you know, we all saw what happened when Lenin fell. Only someone worse yeah. took his place. <laughs> But no, so fa- thankfully the show wraps up the, the girl gang arc of series five. Yeah. But to be fair to all the actors actress and actresses, they got through the whole series saying the words girl gangs and didn't crack up once, which is admirable. Admirable, really. But I think at the time, that was quite a big news thing, wasn't it? What, well, girl gangs?
0: Yes. Because like it was like the, the tail end of the like hoodie era. Mm-hmm.
1: No, when I was at school, I just called i just called them girls who wouldn't speak to me.
0: <laughs> That's what you called all the girls. <laughs> they didn't have to have gang
1: affiliation to fit into that. But they all did. <laughs> all with hired muscle.
0: Um, so, uh, Joe uh, has been told by Alicia and Danielle that it was Steph who got her nominated for the award. So she goes to confront Max, says, what is it about Steph that threatens you? And we know it's one small conversation she had about Kim this morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he knows about the relationship that you will all know about and all have already <laughs> known about before. She must be defeated.
0: Um, Joe says that Max is not as good at playing people as he thinks he is. Uh, she threatens to walk out over the stiff staff situation and then ultimately does walk away from her job.
1: Yeah, I don't really care. Do you know why I don't care? Because they're literally back. The next day. <laughs> I uh, Yeah,
0: my kind of struggle is that they're asking us to care about this plot while all the Lindsay stuff is going on. So like, the next scene is the police officially charging Lindsay for the murder of her abusive father. So with that going on, it's very difficult to care about, like, internecine teacher drama.
1: Yeah, totally. And then they try to do it all up with Rose, who's been giving nothing, giving nothing all season... Gets given her first 10-line scene, and it's a breakup with Tom.
0: It's so, it's so weird this scene. Because so Tom like goes to her and apologizes. And he I was confused because in the previous scene between them, Rose had that ve- quite rightly said, Why were you being such a coward with Max? I thought you were better than this, blah, 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 blah. But then she starts this scene by going, Oh,
1: ah, oh, Tom, you shouldn't apologize. You have nothing to say sorry for. And it's so like. That was so leprechaunish. <laughs> Pre previously, you've done Rose <laughs> of justice, but that was
0: <laughs> with apologies to any Irish listeners. <laughs> um, no, it's like that was so poor, Tom. So poor. I was so confused because her character had done such an about turn in between the two scenes we'd seen. But yeah, then she's. I don't know. Maybe it was. It's like while she's in her dinner lady uniform, she can be angry, but as soon as she changes into her street clothes,
1: yeah, yeah get into a nice comfortable pair of shoes, and suddenly she's just like, ah, it's fine. You be a coward. You break up with me. You do what you want, Tom. Yeah. You're a hero.
0: But then she does the thing that the women in this show always do with Tom where they go, oh, you've got too many demands in your life. There's no room for me. We remember this song from Davina, don't we?
1: <laughs> Tom's, Tom's last five years have been people like him decreasing the number of demands on his time he has. <laughs> He's gone being from an engaged, <laughs> soon-to-be father to, to single, single tenant of house, house of two 17-year-old girls to now just totally single man <laughs> and, and now Rosa is just like oh, It's just too much for you Tom
0: So Rachel arrives back at the school She sees Philip sort of looking hurt And uh, he says Philip, oh,
1: don't um, Straight off his imp- Hot impression of Grantley, Is now doing an impression of man with bruise <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So he says
0: oh I've sprained my back a bit Can you sprain your back is that think you can do
1: I don't know but Rachel really buys it Yeah she does She does In fairness, Rachel, got a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, but that's like by choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so she's uh, had Chris on the phone saying that this situation with Steph's going on. When she gets back to the school, Chris says, oh, it's escalated. Um, Now Steph has been sacked and Joe has walked out. Um, So Rachel goes, stands up to Max, says that Steph's dismissal was illegal and I will be making sure they both come to work tomorrow. Um, she calls Max a pathetic, old-fashioned bully, which I liked a lot.
1: Yeah, I guess he is. He is.
0: He is. Um, so Rachel goes to find Steph and Joe, who are at the pub, tells them to come back into work, and then we get a shot of Max with angry music playing as he like, throws everything off his office table as the episode Why? ends.
1: <laughs> Why? Nothing he does in this episode makes sense. But I, I just, I
0: don't have a problem with us having a hissable villain,
1: I know, but i just to make like I don't mind when they're like a caricature, like the Stuart Hoardley bloke or <laughs> um, Flick's dad or whatever, because they weren't they weren't central to the show. They came in, they did villainous things, that upset the Apple cart, and then they inevitably left. This guy has been the centerpiece of the show for ten episodes, so therefore, you need to make what happens to it make sense. But from where he goes in episode one, from being a bit of a hard ass to here, where he's actively manipulating people. But it's like the thing is as well, and we can say this ahead of the next episode. The the most damning evidence against him is the tape, the the video recording. Yes, <laughs> it never comes up. <laughs> he, he doesn't try this with Rachel, who's seen the recording. I it's was
0: so- I was a hundred percent sure that when she started. Like Chewing Max out in this scene And being like oh you're a terrible person You can't have this control anymore You're a bully I was sure she was going to go And I've got this mm-hmm. I've seen what's on this tape and
1: Yeah but it just It doesn't come up So all of his like paranoia here Is not rooted in anything that's believable It's a conversation with Steph Where she talks about How you treat my friend right In a relationship that Max intends to keep long term so everyone is going to find out about it anyway but it's like oh no to keep this silence i must both a send flowers with my name on it across the school but b fire this teacher for no apparent reason because she'll know about our relationship it's all it, like none of it's rooted in anything that makes sense hmm.
0: i i think there has been a degree of escalation across the series like it is abrupt i'm not gonna tell you it's not abrupt because it is but there has been a sort of a gradual I guess kind of losing of control um and there have been near misses with Max so the Helen situation was a near miss there was um the time he like went and it had to intimidate Rachel at home because he was worried things were spiraling out of control when you know Kim found out that he was married and he had to kind of take drastic action there so I guess it has been escalating and escalating and escalating and then now his whole thing of getting rid of Steph hasn't panned out um, and so it, it is a kind of. I think it, it, there there has been an escalation. They are no doubt accelerating it. It's like when you were at like primary school, you were doing a poster with bubble writing, and you start with big letters, and they have to get smaller and yeah, smaller yeah. and smaller because you're running out of room. They're like, it's episode nine, bugger, we need to.
1: <laughs> We've written the word psych, and now we need to finish opath. Oh, yes, yeah, exactly and we have two inches of uh, paper to deal with it yeah exactly
0: um so the next time trailer um it's this bizarre combination of clearly big storylines like um philip's brews being discovered and him doing some stand up about max um max giving like a negative assessment of the school and rachel's leadership and kim and rachel having a big argument and then a weird subplot about grantley dressing nicely <laughs> <laughs> like did that need to be in the next time trailer?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm I'm so concerned. And it's a talent show, so you know wonder what's going to happen.
0: Oh yeah. Talent show. A talent show in the greater Manchester area,
1: no less. <laughs> and the I What's the other thing? There's going to be a comedy montage. Yeah, I, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> but
0: so this episode, um, we've obviously, we have skimmed over the Lindsay stuff a bit because it is, it's tough to talk about. Uh, but as this is J- uh, Jenna Coleman's last episode, I think, um, I think she's been a really good character on the show. Um, I think her commitment to the Girl Gang storyline early on was really good. Um. I think the way her, her, the big centerpiece scene she's had with Rachel have been excellent. Uh, the ones in this episode are really good. I think they actually handle the storyline better than we would have much right to expect, given how they often handle storylines like this. Um, I think it's all really well done.
1: Yeah, I think as well, it's, it's the first time they've done a, why are they acting this way? And we'll give the reason in eight episodes time, like correctly, because you already had a kind of a, a kind of a trauma that could that could explain how she acted that way but she always had this other edge to her which made her like quite unforgiving as a character but then as time went on they then kind of peeled those layers back so she's probably the best example of that being used in the show which is something they like to do a lot
0: and it is one of the ones like with jack o'connell where it's an actor coming into the show for like a guest role sort of thing as a young actor and you just go yeah, this one is the one who's going to go and be a big star and do other things.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm going to use as the play song. I might use Hometown Glory. There are a couple of, like, moody ballads, which are okay. There's a Bat for Lashes yeah. one, which is f- fine. There's a Daniel yeah, Merriweather track, which is okay.
1: Daniel Merriweather, I haven't heard that name in a very long time. Is he <laughs> the guy who sang Bad Day? No, that was Daniel Powter Lots of Daniels. And Daniel Powter was
0: a proper one hit wonder because it was Bad Day and that was it.
1: And even then, I think the version in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie is better. <laughs> now that is damning.
0: <laughs> I think the Chipmunks did a better version of this.
1: <laughs> I remember seeing that as like a gag when we were teenagers going to cinema and seeing that film. And they opened with them singing Bad Day. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so funny.